Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast, sponsored by Appletizer, sparkling apple drink suitable for children in pubs. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s Birmingham. I also reflect on them today and see if my attitudes changed over the years. This week, I'm looking at Flight of Icarus, which is track three on the Peace of Mind album. Last week, I looked at Revelations, and it was quite an interesting episode. And here's some feedback that I got. Ian Static 1812 got in touch, and he sent me a link that took me to a website that said that, in the Bible, it's the Book of Revelation, not Revelations. I talked about the Book of Revelations last week, and I didn't realise that there wasn't an S on the end of it, so I apologise for this, and for any inconvenience caused. Looking on the back cover of the Number of the Beast album, and the Peace of Mind album, there are quotes from what it says is Revelations. So that's where I got that impression from, that the book at the end of the Bible was called Revelations. Maybe Ian Static 1812 should write to Iron Maiden and tell them this, that they've made an error on the back sleeve of their albums, and it's gone unnoticed for nearly 40 years. Maybe that's what led to the labels of devil worshippers, as well as the lyrics about 666, Maybe this mistake annoyed people. It's possible that Iron Maiden made the same mistake as me and just assumed that it was Revelations, the book. Maybe future releases of the album should come with a special erratum sticker. Erratum is Latin for error, and a sticker is then used to correct that error. Following on from my revelations from my childhood that changed my life a bit, I had a tweet from Corky, and he said, that one of his revelations, as a seven-year-old, was when the teacher told him to remain in his seat for the present. He didn't get a present. He said no present was ever likely to arrive, and he said it was very disappointing. I can empathise with this. I also had a message from Craig Gannon, and he said one of his revelations from the past was when he discovered that Gary Newman wasn't a robot. So I thank you for these revelations and messages about the previous show, I thank you for your support and feedback. We've had more comments about Trevor as well, but I'll raise those with him later. Anyway, this week I'm looking at Flight of Icarus, which was also the first single from the Peace of Mind album. So for some people, this was their first taste of that meat and gravy sound on the guitar. This guitar opens the song, and then we get some rumbling toms in the background of the usual type of drum beat, and these complement the bass. When I say compliment in this context, I don't mean that they say nice things about each other. Like, that's a nice hat you're wearing. This is compliment spelt with an E in the middle instead of an I, which means they go hand in hand. Like Chewit and Vimto. In general, I think it's a good single because it's got a catchy chorus like Run to the Hills. They've even got a video for it. The song's title suggests that it's about the story of Icarus, which was a Greek myth. This was about a man called Icarus, which is quite an unusual name. And what this Icarus did was he wanted to escape from an island, so he made some wings. In those days, they didn't have prit sticks or other types of glue, so he used wax to stick it together. People warned him that if he got too close to the sun, the wax would melt and then he'd fall to the ground. But he didn't believe them, he just went with it. And as a result, yeah, his wings melted and he fell to the ground. So it's not much of a story then, it's just about a man 
who went ahead with something, a, a project, when people around him said that it wasn't a good idea and that he should listen to them. But he didn't. He just went with it anyway. It's a bit like when people say, you shouldn't have poetry in an Iron Maiden podcast. But I went ahead with it anyway. Maybe I'm Icarus. I think we've all got parallels to the Icarus story in our life. Maybe when we make decisions or, or think we can do things and then we proved wrong. I remember that Trevor thought that he could fly when he was a boy. And he climbed up onto the school roof, above the classrooms, and the teachers weren't happy with him. All the children cheered. Even Caroline Blissett. But then, of course, when he jumped, he realised that he couldn't fly. And he, he just sort of landed and hurt his knee. Maybe I'll mention this to him later. Even though the song is called Flight of Icarus, and it seems to be about that event where he flew too close to the sun, it doesn't mention him by name. This is two songs in a row where the title hasn't been in the lyrics. It does mention eagles, though, again. So maybe they had a sort of fixation with this. Maybe it was a taunt at Dennis Stratton hidden within the lyrics. Some people speculate that it might be about heroin and that flying high is about a state of mind when you take this heroin. Although it seems more likely it's about a naughty boy that's defying his father. He talks about an old man standing on the hill. And Bruce Dickinson wrote these lyrics. So perhaps he's sort of talking about running away and flying despite the wisdom and advice from the old man being his father. He talks about his father betrayed, as if to say now he's going his own way and making his own decisions in life, which must have been difficult to address this. Maybe it's quite a personal song to Bruce Dickinson. If I was in Iron Maiden at that time and seeing these lyrics that Bruce Dickinson was writing, maybe I'd have put my arm around him and given him a pep talk to see if he was okay. Disappointingly, last week Trevor said that he enjoyed the Revelations lyrics because they were Bruce Dickinson's and then he went on to say that the next time he saw his lyrics was Die With Your Boots On. So actually, he's wrong there because this next song, Flight of Icarus, has got Bruce Dickinson's lyrics. So this is a mistake and once again, I must apologise for this. In the first verse, there was a line that said, As the crowd roars to the first rays of light, meaning sunrise. I quite like this image of a crowd watching the sun come up. And I was always surprised that in the live shows, Bruce Dickinson didn't make the crowd roar during that line. I think this would have been good. I find out now that the line is, As the ground warms to the first rays of light which I suppose makes more sense. A crowd roaring would be stupid because the next line says, a bird song shatters the still. And if there's a crowd there, it's not very still, is it? As a song, it's, it's, it's just good. It's, it's a standard song. Everything fits into place. There's a standard structure with verse, chorus and solo. And it's quite short, which is a nice break from the last two songs, which were both over six minutes. As a result, it did pretty well as a single. It got to number 11 in the UK singles chart and it was the first single released in America. Compared to previous singles, the UK chart landscape was quite different in 1983. The influence of punk was slowly ebbing away and things were becoming a bit more mainstream. She had more sanitised pop instead of edgier things. So when Flight of Icarus was released and entered the chart at number 28, David Bowie was at number 1. Now, David Bowie was quite credible in the 1970s, but this was a song called Let's Dance, which was very poppy and maybe a bit watered down compared to some of his other material. When it jumped to number 11, Spandau Ballet was number one with a song called True, and they were now wearing suits, 
instead of that new romantic get-up that they'd adorned a couple of years previously. So the acts in the chart in 1983 were a bit more straight and sensible and more suitable for your mum to listen to, and Uncle Steve, because one of his favourite bands, the Thompson Twins, released a song We Are Detective the week before Flight of Icarus, and I know he likes them because he mentions them quite a bit in his podcast. So I'd probably say Flight of Icarus was more of a straight song for Iron Maiden. It was probably quite a safe choice as a single, whereas I think things like Sanctuary had a bit more edge to them. It certainly got a bit of criticism at the time. Gary Bushell called it plodding. Maybe it seemed a bit cheesy compared to some of their other work. Now it's time for Dave Morey Fact of the Week. Hello. When the band were on tour, they'd book into hotels and use fake names so that fans wouldn't know they were staying there. Towards the end of the World Peace Tour, the band were checking in with names that were like rhymes or puns or cockney rhyming slang. So Adrian was Fabian Quiff and Steve was Harry Monk. Dave Murray was checked in as Sydney Gusset. I don't know what this means. I don't think it's rhyming slang and it's not a play on his name. A gusset is something to do with female underwear. So maybe it's referring to him being like a Don Juan character. Maybe other fans can let me know what that might mean, a Sydney gusset. Some more fun next time on Dave Morey Fact of the Week. The good news is, because it was a single, it had a sleeve designed by Derek Riggs. If you were a fan of the band at the time, you might have wondered what Eddie might look like. But the Flight of Icarus sleeve didn't give much away. It was quite a minimal sleeve. The main background was almost like an outtake from the Number of the Beast album with flames on the bottom, with those people, those silhouette people, sort of jumping about at the bottom. But there's a couple of these silhouette people who are doing something more adult than jumping about, and they're at the top of the mountain. And I don't like this. I think it's inappropriate. There should have been a sticker put over it, in case children saw it in the shops. So I don't advise you look at the top of the mountain. And then the big sky in the middle, which made sense because, of course, it was about Flight of Icarus, so it was about flying. In the top left corner... We do have Icarus, sort of, in flames. And that's because Eddie's in the bottom right-hand corner with a flamethrower and bat wings. So this new Eddie apparently can fly with bat wings and he's armed now with a flamethrower instead of an axe that we saw on the killer's sleeve. I think this is a bit far-fetched and I don't particularly like the sleeve. Although the Icarus in that top left corner is used again in the backdrop of the Somewhere in Time album sleeve. So you can probably see Icarus there as well. So the sky is quite dramatic, but I think it's possibly the worst single sleeve so far. On the Where Eagles Dare episode, I mentioned the inner sleeve of the Peace of Mind album because it had a picture of the band. And this was my first impression of Nico, sat at this table waiting for his Sunday dinner. However, if he'd brought the Fly of Icarus single, which came out before the album, on the back cover... You see the band at the bottom of some stairs. They're sort of looking up at the cameraman. And I think this might have been taken before they went upstairs to have that Sunday dinner. And they would have just taken their coats off before sitting down. So I think it was in the same photo shoot. I focused on Nico. I I zoomed in or or moved the sleeve closer to my face. I saw that he had a brown leather jacket. A bit like a bummer jacket. And now this brunette hair that I've mentioned previously. But his facial expression... He looked shell-shocked, so I don't know what he could see. Maybe there's a ghost, it looked like it could have been a haunted place. Or maybe Derek Riggs was dressed as a knight behind the cameraman and was sneaking up on him. 
His legs look quite skinny as well, which seems quite strange, but that could be perspective. I hope you've been enjoying the accounts from Steve Harris's diary. You may recall that I got it in a package from Paul Diana before he went back in time to 1981. Anyway, here's his latest extract. April 1983 We came in on nicely in the Bahamas surrounded by San, Music and 7-Up It's a bit too hot if I'm honest though all my Easter eggs have melted I spoke to Dennis Stratton on the phone the other day He was telling me that he was there in the Bahamas and that he wanted to know if I knew of any pie shops in the area I was a bit confused and uh Turns out it was Nico doing an April Fool's joke on me. Oh, what a character. We're excited to be releasing the first single off the album this week. Flight of Icarus, it's called. A catchy little number. I'm not totally sold on it, but it's a good choice. Bruce reckons it'll be a hit, so I'll bet him a monkey that it won't do as well as Run to the Hills, which I wrote, of course. It's been quite nice to shoot a video for this one. I wore my new trousers. We've had a few band meetings and there's been a few arguments over what we're going to call the new album. None of the song titles quite do it this time. We got a nasty letter from Frank Herbert, the writer, about using Dune as the song title for one of the songs. I might have to get in touch with him and give him a piece of my mind. Steve Harris's Diary Steve Harris's Diary is sponsored by 7up as well as a sleeve the fact it was a single meant that there was a video to go with it this was quite an interesting video it had the band performing in a studio so you can see them with headphones on because that's what happens in a studio there's also some scenes in between that where there's like a hooded figure on a beach and the effects in the background are a bit like those on the Ashes to Ashes video by David Bowie. This is a bit disappointing, because that was released three years previously, and you'd think technology would have advanced a bit, and I think the video looks quite dated. I read that Nico played the character of the Grim Reaper with the blue face, so this is interesting. I might watch it again now, and see what it's like. One of my favourite bits in the video is when the line, see the madman in his gaze, you see Eddie, and that means that he's the madman. So even though it's quite a standard song, there's quite a lot of bits in it that I want to mention. There's quite a lot of good guitar parts in between the vocals. So that's a bit like Wrath Child, isn't it? Where there's an expected part, and you're expected to go a certain way. But these little twiddly bits add to it. I've had a message from Dennis Stratton this week, which is nice. Listen to this. Hello, Wayne. Dennis Stratton here. Another album for you. Peace of mind. So another series. And Flight of Icarus. That was a good song. I liked the chorus. I made up my own harmonies for it when I heard it on the radio. I did worry for the band when it didn't get in the top ten, like Run to the Hills did. I wondered if they were slipping. I thought perhaps the jump to the number of the beast was too much too soon. And maybe there was now a backlash. But they did okay. As they had had a member change for every new album, I went and put a bet on of the bookies 
that Adrian would be the next person to leave. I was annoyed when the lineup was the same on the Power Slave album, which was next, so I ripped up the betting slip in a rage. When he did eventually leave, some years later, in 1988, I was quite angry with myself for doing this. I remember when I found out I was eating fish and chips in Barmouth, and I felt so sick that I couldn't finish them. I hurled a pickled egg into the Irish Sea, and I walked sadly back to the caravan. I'm getting bored of this pandemic, Wayne. I'd like to go out again. I want to see people, and I want to see lights. I sent Brenda a text, but there's no response, so I know it's over. I might tipex out her name in the Christmas card that I wrote to her, and send it to somebody else. I spent three pounds fifty on it, so I don't want it going to waste. It's Halloween this week. I might watch a horror film with Julian on the night, but I've got my Umpa Lumpa costume ironed and ready. I might have to throw sweets out of the window at the children who come knocking on the door. I don't think I can open it because of social distancing. I hope I don't injure any of them when I do this. I think minstrels are quite hard, so I'll save those for myself. I'm glad the series is still going well, Wayne, and I enjoy listening. So take care of these dark times, and I hope to speak again soon, Dennis. The song's quite a popular one. I think it was because it was a single, and in America, it's one of their best performing singles. It was played live as recently as 2018, but this was after an absence of 22 years. So this would have been the first time with Yannick playing on it. So I wonder how he felt about the song. I wonder if there was enough for him to do on it. As the song's winding down, the final chorus ends, and Bruce holds the last word, fly, for a long time. And rather than just end where the chorus ends, he carries on holding the note into sort of a guitar break. And he holds this note for over 13 seconds. That's quite impressive. Previously, I've been amazed by Paul Diano holding notes, but again, Bruce Dickinson has probably taken this to another level. If that's not enough, as the actual song finishes, he says, fly as high as the sun, and then he screams. And again, this is quite an impressive scream. I wonder if it's supposed to be the scream of Icarus as he got too close to the sun and burnt himself. Okay, I'm going to ring up Trevor now. Let's see what he's got to say about Flight of Icarus. Hi, Wayne. Hello, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I've been very busy. Oh, that's good. Well, last week I had uh, some feedback about various things that you talked about. Um, some of it positive, some not so positive. But first of all, I want to bring up the fact that you said you were doing Netflix and chill. Yeah, that's right. Well, apparently that's a slang term or a euphemism. So I want to make sure that you're not saying inappropriate things on the show. No, I was watching Emily in Paris. Okay, well, fair enough. I suppose you wouldn't make up watching Emily in Paris, would you? You'd probably come up with something more cool. Okay, well, anyway, um, that that was one thing. And then I had another comment about the Sabutio painting that you mentioned a couple of weeks back. I had Andrew Whitnell wanting a bit more detail. And he mentioned that perhaps you should put the badges and the sponsors on the shirts as well. Well, I do. I enjoy painting the Subutio teams. I've made up quite a few teams. I've, I've designed my own kits at times. If I got fed up with teams. 
I didn't like Leeds and they were all white, so I just designed my own kit over it. It was nice. Had spots on it. No football team plays in spots. Well, yeah, there's probably a reason for that, isn't there? Don't know. Anyway, when can we play Sabutio again? Well, I don't know. We haven't played it for quite a few years, have we? And we can't at the moment with the lockdown. Yeah, I suppose. I used to like playing Sabutio. I haven't played it for years myself. Do you remember when I came round years ago and uh, played Sabutio? And then the ice cream man turned up for some reason. I never understood that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, it was weird. And then when I questioned it, your mum sent me out. She sent me home. Yeah, it was strange, but yeah, I, I don't remember it. Really? You should do. No, all right, well, can we move on? I'd, I'd rather not talk about that. Um, I hear you've got some news about your book. Yeah, I have. So I'm very excited because it's now on Amazon to pre-order. Is it? Yeah, although... It's quite annoying on Amazon because I put my name in the wrong place. So on Amazon, it says my name's Trevor Trevor and I can't change it. I don't know if it's had any pre-orders yet. I don't I don't know what happens. I think I just put it on there and then I watch my bank balance. Well, don't you need to promote it? Well, that's what I'm doing now, isn't it? And what I'll do, I'll post on Ko-Fi about how you can get the soft cover copy. Maybe I'll do signed copies. Remember earlier on I said it might be like the Soundhouse Tapes, limited edition? I don't think it's going to have the same cult status as the Soundhouse Tapes. Um, but yeah, you can use the Ko-Fi page to promote it. I mean, I, I won't get your hopes up. I don't think it's going to pay for your Christmas blowout. I don't need much this Christmas. I'm giving to others this year. I've decided I'm going to write some poems and send them to old people's homes. What for? Well, they're going to be lonely, aren't they, at Christmas? They're not going to have much. So I might write them a letter and send them a poem to cheer them up. Well, I don't know if that will cheer them up. Well, it's been a difficult year. Some of my poems have been quite inspirational, like Another Life. Well, that's one poem, but how do you know that your poems are suitable for older people? Well, my nan liked it. Your nan? Yeah. What, when you read of The Killers one? You, you told me that you were reading it at a grave. No, that's my dead nan. My alive nan liked it. She said it was very good. Okay, well, anyway, the, the poems have, have had a few more compliments than normal lately, but Uncle Steve still isn't happy with them. He still criticises them. Well, I don't know what his problem is. I think maybe it's a bit like when you're in the playground and you say you don't like a girl, but deep down you really do, but you don't want to tell people because you're embarrassed. I don't know what you mean. Well, do you remember when Caroline Blissett asked you if you liked Fiona Gregory and you said no? That was ridiculous. I can't believe you said no. And that was the end of that. I don't remember this. Yeah, you're, you're too shy, too embarrassed. All right, well, can we... I don't know what all this is. We're here to talk about Flight of Icarus. We haven't even started on it. So, so what do you think about the song? Yeah, I like it. Um, it's got that pride to fall element, hasn't it? Where Icarus felt that he could do it on his own. And literally, there's the fall from the sky. But then, of course, you've got that well-known element in literature where a character has too much pride and ultimately leads to a downfall. That's pretty much in most literature or any anything with a plot in it, like a soap opera. You always know on Neighbours, don't you? If someone goes off and does something, that they're going to get their comeuppance. Yeah, I suppose. So I think it's quite good. I think it's a bit simple after Revelations, but I like it. I think it's right at track three. It's a nice, nice sort of break. And it's another one that I think is better live.
Okay, well, uh, have you got any poetry on the subject of Flight of Icarus? Yeah, well, as usual, I've taken comments on board from people, and I think if I'm going to get on Costi to liken in my poems, I have to maybe put some references in that he might understand. So in this poem, I start it off with a Thompson Twins lyric. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's hear it then. You take me up so high, up above the streets and houses. I'm walking in the air. I'm floating in the moonlit sky. But really, I'm in bed with William and some cocoa. Okay, uh, I don't quite get that. So you started off with a Thompson Twins lyric. I'm sure there were some other lyrics, some other songs or, or theme tunes. Yeah, well, I quite like that. We talked about allusion last week, didn't we? Which is like referring to other art or other poetic works, which is what I've done there. and I've twisted it to give it my own meaning. How does this link with Icarus and the flight? Because it sounds like you're talking about floating and flying, but actually you're in bed. Yeah, well, it's about having feelings, isn't it? And about emotions and how you can feel like you're floating. And usually I use a balloon to explain this, but I think people are bored of that. Well, who's this William? Don't you remember William? Who's my rabbit? Oh, your cuddly toy rabbit. Yeah, William. Remember, you didn't like him. That's because you beat me in teddy boxing. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Didn't you get a nosebleed? No. OK, well, thank you very much. Um, we've given you quite a bit of time there, and thank you for mentioning your book. So uh, that will be out soon, will it? Yeah, it's out in November. But I might start taking orders soon. Great, OK. Well, uh, next week it's Die With Your Boots On. So let's see what that brings up. OK, thanks, Wayne. Bye. OK, you can follow me on social media. I'm at Wayne Maiden on Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. And I've got a Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash wimp. And as we said earlier, there'll be more information there about Trevor's new book that's coming out. So thank you for your support and tweets and comments. And uh, just going to read a few out now. I've had a message from Mr Shankly, and he says, is there going to be a Christmas special episode this year? Well, I don't, it says this year. This is the first year I've been doing the podcast. So it's not like there's expectations for one based on previous form. However, yes, looking at the weeks ahead, it will be timed quite nicely because the Peace of Mind songs will end in mid-December and then we'll have the album review show and then there's like an extra week before Christmas. So yeah, I do plan on doing a Christmas special and it also might be a Dave Murray birthday special because that's about the same time, of course. Going back to Revelations... I had a message from Kirsty Prince, who's in Australia, and she sent a picture of her x-ray machine, which is called Revelation. Now, this might seem strange that somebody owns an x-ray machine, and it might also seem strange that it would be called Revelation rather than Barbara or Michael. It's a bit of a strange name, isn't it? But actually, maybe it's something in her workplace, and the brand name is Revelation. She also thanked Trevor for his creativity because he posted a picture of a tub of revelations that he'd made, using the wrapper of a packet of revels and the chocolate selection box of celebrations. So what he did was cut out a bit from the revels packet and stick it over the celebrations part on the tub. So thank you for getting in touch, and I'll pass your feedback on to Trevor. So that's Flight of Icarus, a solid, good song, but not a top ten song for me. Not a top ten single either. And I mean in my top tens. I don't mean the fact that it got to number 11, which might have been disappointing. I don't want to keep raising that point in case the band get offended and write me a letter. So next week, it's Die With Your Boots On. 
So I hope you'll join me for that. So uh, yeah, I'll just end with a, a bit of Flight of Icarus, and I hope to speak to you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.